Welcome to the space where creators have aligned A positive and intellectual collab of open minds For sharing and learning from one another, it's a vibe We give us a podcast on the mic Subscribe, educators, spitting bars I guess you didn't know I'm multifaceted and humble Taking off life goals The classroom is my comfort zone Where I plant and sow Seeds of knowledge, compassion, empathy and hope Reading is the key to unlocking your potential Countless benefits including cognitive and mental Regardless of the genre, books are highly influential Go get yours, I'll get mine Make you strive Monumental Come rock with me and get down to this new jam friends, I had a very simple plan Educate the masses through books and life lessons It's the Grand Slam I'm out Zala Falava and welcome to the Reads with Rossa podcast I'm so excited to introduce today's guest she is an award-winning writer and poet whose work has been published in various publications across the Pacific. She and Lani Wen Young are the co-founders of Zato Publishing, and they are the co-editors of Va Stories by Women of the Moana. Aside from being a mother and writer, she is a lawyer who has served the public in both Samoa and Australia, and currently working as a chief legal counsel in New Zealand. Welcome to the show, Cecilia Etewati. Hi. So happy to be here. Super excited. Yeah, I'm like, can you tell? I'm like, calm down, man. Breathe. Get a grip. I'm so stoked that you, you know, I reached out to you and I was so nervous because I wasn't sure, you know, like, do they do publicity? I mean, I know you, I know that. Uh, we will get into the anthology and I know that you guys are doing publicity, you know, with the media and stuff, but I was like, who are you? You're a nobody, but let's just try, let's just reach out. And so I was stoked that you guys replied back and I am so grateful and I truly, truly appreciate the, you know, you've given up your time to have a Talanoa with me. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, number one, you're not a no, nobody. I have been fangirling your podcasts. I think um, they're really awesome. So, um, but the other thing I guess as well is that it's we, you know, it's really fun for us to be able to talk to people who are interested in reading the books and interested in reading generally. Like mm. that's an awesome thing um, to talk to our people who are, you know, our peeps who love yeah. reading like we do. Our peeps. I love that. You know, I was, so I, I want to, I, I want to kind of just launch into talking about books and reading, but I can't ignore the fact that you're also a lawyer. <laughs> like I know you did a master's in creative writing. How did you get into, um, I mean, we, did you also do a law degree? Is that how this happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you have to be a, do a law degree to be a lawyer. At least in New Zealand and Australia you do. Um, in England, I understand that you can just um, uh, work with lawyers for some time and there's a different mm. process in, in, um, in England. But in, in New Zealand and Australia and Samoa, you have to do a degree. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I always loved reading i always loved writing i was always very fiapoko and that mix of those things meant that i thought i should be a lawyer so i was very interested in being a lawyer from when i was a uh um pretty young probably a teenager um and um i also loved you know i really loved writing i loved creative writing um loved reading and so i wrote um for school and um for fun uh, as a way to process my feelings. You know, in Samoa, 
I had a lot of books in my house. So there's not a lot of access to books when I was growing up, but I had a lot of books in my house. That was a real priority for my parents. And, you know, there were the types of books that had been through cyclones, had the bookworms. Like, you know, people think bookworms is not a literal thing. In Samoa, you know that they are actual literal things. <laughs> you see them <laughs> and you see the holes through the books. Mm. Um, so though there were all those sorts of books. Um, and so I was very privileged um, when I was growing up in Samoa mm. to have read just a vast, um, a vast amount. Um, and it was my escape. Um, and so I liked both of those things. But of course, when you're growing up in Samoa, um, well, for many of us, you know, your aim is to go on a scholarship, to get a scholarship. Mm. Um, and um, I was a scholarship kid. I, you know, um, I, I, went on, I came on scholarship to the University of Auckland um, and I got a law degree. And that was probably, well, what I'd say is that my law degree is over drinking age when the drinking age was 21. <laughs> <laughs> my law, de law degree came of age quite some time ago mm. yeah, that, yeah because I don't I think when I was because before I even read the anthology I was I had to know who are these writers like who are these amazing women these who contributed to this anthology so I was reading before even reading it I went and read everyone's bio and then that's when I came you know I read Lani's bio I read yours and I was just like wow okay so she's practicing but then also a writer like that's it's just such an interesting mix and you know I want to talk about the word fiapoto because I've heard Lani talk about she mentions that all the time and then to hear you mention that word can you tell our viewers and our listeners what that word means and just the why are we always hearing this word fiapoto? Because it has negative connotations, but the way you guys talk about it, it's so empowering. You know, it's like I, I rate it up there with the word brave and encouraging and motivational and inspirational. So back to you, fiapoto. What? Yeah, so fiapoto. Fiopoto literally, um, and I'm sure all of our Samoan readers know this, means mm. wanting to be smart. Yeah. Um, it has the same sort of connotations in English as like smart ass or smart aleck, right? right. And um, I suppose in Samoa, definitely growing up, being fiopoko um, is like about where it's about asking questions <laughs> um, and challenging things. And we have a very, Samoa's got a very beautiful living culture. It's a homogenous culture. Um, and so oftentimes um, being fiapoko um, and questioning things is not entirely encouraged. In my house, it was. Um, I uh, In my house, my father um, always encouraged us to ask questions. Um, and, um, you know, as a result of that, he's got three of his four kids are lawyers. Oh, <laughs> probably a bad strategy. Now, now he's got um, a lot of people with a lot of opinions mm. in, his, um, um, in, his, in his immediate family. Um, so I'd, I'd say that um, for me, you know, people always called me Fiopoto, and I'm sure it was the same for Lani, but people always called me Fiopoto from when I was young because I always had a view and mm. I always had lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Um, and um, I think it's about embracing who you are, right? So mm-hmm. let's not pretend to be anything that we're not, actually. Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's just be who we are and embrace all of that. So I, you know, I, I'm a person, I have no false modesty, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have, I'm not a person who's, um, I'm not, I'm not particularly humble about anything, you know, <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm smart because I think I am. Right, <laughs> and right. I'd be like, oh yes, I'm beautiful because I think I am. <laughs> um, I have no false modesty. Um, but I also, on the other side, I know all of the things I'm really bad at. Like mm-hmm. I'm really, really, really bad at singing. I really want to be a good singer with all my heart. <laughs> I want to be a good singer, but I am terribly I cannot hit a note if it hit me in the face I could not hit a note <laughs> um so you know I know the things that I'm and I'm I'm I'm, I'm really not sporty like I'm I I'm, I'm I'm like the most busty person ever you know and growing up in Samoa like where everybody is you know like lots and lots of people are really great at sports it's like you know I just you know, people just like look at me like, what is even happening here? Mm. So, you know, it's like know the things, know what you're good at and know the things that you're not so good at and mm-hmm. embrace the things that you are, including being here poco. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And that's why I say when I hear it written down and I hear articles, when I see articles where you guys talk about Fiapoto and being brave, and then when I hear you guys talk about it, I'm like, why didn't we have people telling us this when we were growing up? Because my when I my when I think about the word Fiapoto, I have scarring memories, you know, because you just don't question, you don't ask those questions in church, you don't um step out of line, you know, you you just don't try and stand out, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Because, and so when I just, when I hear you guys talk about it, I'm like, man, why don't we have people like that giving us that encouragement? You know, when we were growing up in school and just in the church, you know, because, you know, church is a huge part of our lives growing up, you know? So that's why I wanted to ask, you know, for you to kind of explain a little bit about what it means to you. You know? Yeah, I'd like to, I'm, I'm Mekokisi, right? And I'm like mm-hmm. Mekokisi hard, right? Yeah. Um, my family has been Mekokisi every generation. We've had mm-hmm. a fight out in every generation of both my, of my father's father and my father's mother's family back to the missionaries, right? So um, super Mekokisi. <laughs> um, and um, so, of course, I was, you know, brought up in a church as everybody is in Samoa. And of course, um, I, I went to like Mekokisi youth camp right mm-hmm. and um and uh i remember we had um bible classes at that nikokisi youth camp and i felt like bible class like in samoa was just for the whoever was running the bible class like um to just tell you things right it's, it's not a it's not a discussion <laughs> right, right. you know and i knew that but i you know i'm fear poco so i was still like <laughs> some <laughs> I have a few questions mm. so yeah look I think the thing is that um that I think um the thing is about being fearful as well is about saying it's okay to be confident in yourself mm. you know it's okay to like I said embrace the things that you're good at it's there's nothing 
Um, there's nothing terrible about it. Nothing, nothing, the sky will not fall down um, if you're confident in the things that you're good at. Wait. You're good at the podcast. Wait a minute. You're good at, you're good at doing this. And that's really, that's a, that's, a, that's a special skill and a special talent. You should mm. embrace that. Amen. If I can relate. Anyways, when you said I was like, I'll just let it finish and I'll be like, if I can Tato Publishing, I guess this, this is where we need to start before we even talk about the anthology. Oh my goodness. When did the idea come about to... to when did you and Lani start the conversation? Like, is this something that has been in the works for a couple of months, a few years, or was it like, what was the point where you both said, okay, you know what, this is, this is, what, is going to happen. This is what's going down. So it started on November the 14th for thereabouts, which was about exactly the same time as we posted about it <laughs> on November oh, the 15th like actually, um, I, last I year. That. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, this is the thing. Um, when you're confident in your abilities and you trust your abilities, mm. you, you know, what we were seeing. So we have a, we have a Facebook group of, um, Tamaitai to Stala Wahine writers, right? Which is indigenous women of all of the Moana. It's just a little group. Before it was a group that where people used to come to my place and um, write and wine and wine. And, um, you know, it's just a small group of writers. And um, and we, we, we wanted, we'd been in, a, in, in um, another group as well. And we wanted a space really more where we could have very honest discussions among indigenous women um because sometimes if you're in other spaces even the the spaces which have huge alofa or aroha mm -hmm. you spend too much of your time explaining to balangi people about right. what the why of things and so we actually didn't want to spend a lot. We wanted to, you know, say, okay, there's spaces for that all over the internet. But what we want is a space just for women, women of women, indigenous women to have real mm -hmm. conversations um, about the things that affect us as writers and indigenous women. And so we sort of started it up again, revitalized it. And then we noticed really in a short period of time that quite a few people, quite a, quite a few um, wahine were expressing doubts about their writing. Mm. Um, and we thought we should just put out a book. <laughs> let's just put out a book. Let's have a really tight, short time frame and let's just put out a book because we knew that the, the that the women that writers that we were talking to were amazing writers um and so we knew that we would we really had a deep belief in their stories and in all of our stories i suppose we had a deep belief that the stories were there so we gave a two-week time frame so this was in november last year <laughs> and we were like let's just do this so i think it came from you know it, it came from that initial we really want to show people that 
that this is really um, achievable for all of us um, mm -hmm. and that if they've had knockbacks before, that that's not necessarily about them personally and it's not necessarily about their writing. It might be about the fact that publishers just aren't ready or publishers, publishing houses, those systems are just not built for Indigenous writers. They're not. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I guess my question, when you mention um, publishers are just not ready and they don't have, you know, things in place for our stories, I mean, it's 2022, 2021, when you guys did this, uh, when you and Lani, you know, put this out there. And I'm just like, when, I mean, for it's 2022, like, when will publish housing, uh, houses be ready to put out our stories? Like, just the fact that it's all like, you guys did that, you know, and then you had the, the, the different women up, uh, Moana, women of the Moana contributing, like you all did that, but why does it take for us to put our own stories out there? Like surely after all these years and this, our stories that have already been published and put out there, like when are they going to be ready? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's just like, come on. <laughs> What I say about that generally, and I think this is true in life, is that mm -hmm. it's it's pointless um, in life thinking about the why other people mm -hmm. don't do things. The only thing that you, we can do in life is to mm -hmm. actually do things things ourselves. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't I can't speak as to why publishers haven't understood that there will be a huge market for this type of writing. And it's really a wide variety of writing. It's not just like yeah. a type, do you know? Um, and I don't understand, um, I don't necessarily understand. I understand that publishers um, are a part of, you know, we, we all live in a capitalistic system and the publishers mm -hmm. are trying to guess what um, audiences want. And I understand that, um, but, it's not clear to me. I mean, there are publishers in New Zealand, at least, that have um, had great success mm. um, with a focus on Māori and Pacifica writing. And I'd mentioned Huya in particular, Huya Publishers in particular. Um, and that's and they're they're a they're a Māori company, and so and and Māori led. So um, that you know makes perfect sense to me. Um, as to why others haven't, I have no idea. Because across the across the entire world, we now see that when you are actually when you actually open up your publishing house to more writers, you will get better story. You will just get better story, but maybe it's just a little bit harder. And right. what I mean is a little bit harder if you're um, if you're a and a little bit riskier, you know. If you're if you're a Balangi editor who has primarily worked with Balangi authors, mm -hmm. then maybe you're used to doing things just in a certain way, and that's that way is the tried and tested way. Um, which has worked for you insofar as it's worked. And so you're just happy with that. 
mm. um, status quo. And um, for us, we weren't happy with that status quo because yeah. we want to see more of our books. Like we're interested in reading them, you know, and it's, and, and, and I think that's, that's the thing where we want them. We've, we are hungry for them. So we're not just writers, we're readers as well. And we ourselves are hungry for these books. We're really interested in and hungry for these books. So mm. it's not just about us wanting to publish because we are writers. We're wanting to, we want to publish because we're readers. We want to see these stories. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about that because, okay, first point, I, I wonder, is there representation in the, you know, in the standard publishing houses in New Zealand? Do we have representation no. on the board or at the no. discussion table? So that's one thing. Uh, two, you know, when will that happen? Who knows? Like you said, who knows? But then three, it, as a teacher, I'm thinking about how in schools, like when I worked there, we're always, like you said, there's that hunger to read our stories. And so if they're not being published, then how are our students meant to see representation, meant to see people that look like them on the covers of books? You know, like it's bigger than the, you know, it's like as a teacher, you want your students to be reading or have access to books where they can, they can say that's a Samoan writer, a Tongan writer, you know, a writer from Torres Strait. Do you know, like, so it's 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 a way bigger thing than just, okay, so we're publishing, we're putting our stories out there, we want to read, but, you know, when will they have more representation in schools in terms of, like, access to our books, you know, act, not just the ones that have been around for ages. And I, no disrespect because I know that we have authors that have published, you know, many, many years and there are books in there for Māori and Pacifica. Big props to them, but, you know, like... Not that many. We don't have that many. So the statistics are such that I think it was something like when when it was last done in 2015, I think mm. it was something like it's like 1% of, of, oh. of books that are published and that's only... And that means oh, Albert no. went... And that literally means that Albert brought out a book that year. <laughs> that's like, you know, right. that, that that was in 2015. So, mm. so there aren't that many books and there aren't that many of our stories coming out. And that's, mm. I don't think, because we don't have the quality of writing. I think mm. that there, um, there is, there has been gatekeeping. Um, and in terms of the people in the publishing industry, well, I think Penguin recently um, has just done an internship and decided for the, I think it's the initial internship to take on an intern um, uh, for six months or something like that. And that's, you know, that's that's a, a step in the right direction. Mm. Um, it feels to me like it's been very slow. Mm. And I'll tell you what else it seems like to me. It seems like to me, like, well, for me, I want to be able to work with editors who understand me and who understand me as um, as a whole person, and that includes as a Samoan. Now, I'm not saying that a Baalangi editor would never be able to do that, but what I'm saying is it would be wonderful to have different options of editors, <laughs> you know, um, because um, and uh, people who are editors who have different, who have a broad experience in the world um and i'm not sure that 
their publishing industry has quite prioritized that. Yeah, man. I'm not an expert, by the way. I mean, this is a learning process for me as well. Um, I've been really grateful to Lani, who's a very good friend of mine. Um, mm -hmm. Although we only met via the internet, um, although we both wow. are from Samoa, um, we only met via the internet, which is, I think is a funny story, and through writing. Um, but, you know, she's now one of my closest friends. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's... Um, it's been a process of learning and I've learned a lot from her, but not just her, from other uh, people who have, who are in the group, who are writers and who have been, pub who are published authors as well, who've been published. Everybody brings a little bit something different um, and that's been really useful and really wonderful. It's a community um, effort, essentially. Oh, it's amazing. It's an amazing community effort, you know, like, oh. Wow, you know, in this one article, the, the headline says, um, Tato uh, Publishing is here to rock the va'a, rock the boat. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is getting juicy. I love this. <laughs> yeah, do you know what's so interesting is it's not even a new way of doing things. Like we're not, I don't think we're pioneers in any way. And even the concept of pioneers is so balangi, right? <laughs> And normally the pioneers come and they're like just pretending that there were no people there before them. Right. <laughs> we, are, we are not in any way claiming to be anything like that. What we'd say is we're part of a collective way of doing things. We're saying this is our, this is actually our normal way of doing things. Right. You know, like um, just in, 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 in anything, you can always count on if you're doing anything. Um, it's Samoans, but not just Samoans, any, any Pacifica. Moana people, you can count on if you're doing something, all of a sudden, 200 of your peeps will turn up to help you do it, right? And that's just so us, our way of doing right. things is collective. And there's a real strength in that. And so that's what we wanted to harness and to mm. say, this is actually our way. Just instead of always trying to achieve things by doing things through somebody else's way and achieving mm. things in like our Western paradigm, let's just do it our way and see how that goes. Um, mm. And that, and it's been actually really amazing how many people have shown up for that. Um, but not amazing as well because that is our way of doing things. So it's, right. you know, so it's 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 been. I think when you live overseas like we do, you forget how this is just our normal way of being. That people will show up and work. Mm. <laughs> you know, people will come and. Yeah you know, go behind the house and do the dishes. Like that right. is, that is the way, that is our way. Um, and, you know, and without wanting any acknowledgement, without wanting anyone to, you know, to say, oh, and this person here as well has helped me, people will just show up and help. And that's really what's happened with Tato Publishing. Oh, so inspirational. But like you said, it's nothing new. You know, we're just, you know, people are just going, wow, look at how they have come together. And it's like, but it's nothing new. This is how we roll as people. Um, let's talk about these amazing women, uh, collective of wahine toa, strong women, just some published writers, some are newbies. I mean, how did you 
you would have had a lot of submissions. I know it's so funny you talk about that very short period of time, uh, the time frame that you were working with. Like, how did you, you would have had a lot of submissions. How did you make the final decisions? Like, that must have been difficult. It was difficult. Um, and um, and it was Lani and I doing it together um, mm. and making decisions about it together. And what we, because we encouraged people to just submit any story um, mm. or poem, and which we considered a type of story. Um, and we didn't have any rules for genre. We just asked people to keep it under 3,000 words. Um, but apart from that, we really wanted, actually, what we wanted was diversity because we wanted to show the diversity of writing and all of the different things that Moana um, writers could do. We wanted to show the different types of writing that we could do. Um, and so what we did was, so we, because we're writers ourselves, as well as, in this case, editing the book, we wanted to do what we hadn't had. So as writers, often in the traditional, more Western publishing way, you send something off, you might hear back six months later, uh, yep, you're in, or no, no, thanks. And you have very long times to submit things. So you have like three months to submit, maybe longer. You know when the window is ahead of time, and then it takes a long time for them to work it out. We didn't want to do any of that. What we wanted to do was, and 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 then there's no feedback as to why you're, story was or wasn't um accepted so you just have to guess <laughs> or not know forever whether that story was whether it was a problem with your actual story or what it what it was um so we didn't want any of that we wanted to just you know what we wanted to do we really wanted to be honest and say look when we we're, we're approaching these stories with like Alofa, we know it's hard for writers to submit stories um, to people. And we so we wanted to get back to them really quickly. So what we were doing was as people were sending stories in over the two-week period, if they sent it in, we tried to turn it around really fast. So we were really trying to turn around stories in. So we weren't saying, oh, no, we'll just wait and see. We'll get all of the submissions first and then we'll see which ones are the best, <laughs> you know, and then those are the ones that we're going to go with. We, we didn't do that. We read the story on its merit to see whether this story was a wonderful story. And then we was, if it was a wonderful story that we wanted in the, in, 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 in the book, we were like, we will make room for it. Whatever other stories come, we're going to make room for this story because this story is a wonderful story and it deserves to be published. Um, and it deserves to have an audience. So, you know, that that was the way of it. The other thing is we did quite a lot of intense work with some with with some of the authors. The stories were wonderful, but in some cases we wanted we were entered into a conversation. And so we didn't just say, if we saw a story and we thought, look, this is an awesome story, it's really good. There are some things that we think, you know, that um might might do with a an edit. Um, and we want to have some conversations with you about that. We would we would write that to people that mm -hmm. to person immediately and say, "Great story, you know. We probably probably are going to need to do some edits. How open are you to the editing process?" So that 
because it really should be a partnership between the writer and the editor and the pu publisher. And I mean that by equal partnership, not like where one person has all of the power and the other person just agrees or right. just goes along with it. It should be an equal process. So we really, we really then partnered with the writers um, to try to get the stories into, to try to do the stories the justice that they deserved um, and that isn't us about us telling the writers what to do. It was often about asking questions. So saying, you know, um, is this what this, you know, this, this says this, um, if I'm, it's particularly if I'm not from their culture. So it's much easier when I was editing Samoans, because of course I already have, you know, uh, that background. But if I'm editing somebody who's not Samoan, asking questions as to what they were trying to achieve with that particular paragraph, um, or with that particular line. So, you know, we made conscious decisions about that, about how we wanted to partner with people. We also made conscious decisions about things like we didn't want our languages to be in italics. So in traditional mm -hmm. publishing, you often have italics um, because you're supposed to be showing somebody that you know it's not English. Mm. <laughs> because English is supposed to be the normal language and all other right. languages are not. Right. And it's kind of like, do you think that the reader cannot work it out by yes. reading that it's not English? Because I feel that they can. So, mm. so, you know, and but also our language and languages are normal to us. This is our everyday. You know, we drop in and out of English and Samoan and um, English and, and Fijian and, you know, and English and, and, and um, Tongan all of the time. Every single person who's, who's bilingual drops in and out of their languages all of the time. And every single person who's bilingual and who's learned English, in fact, every single person who's learned English has right. learned how to read by context. So we're like, we don't have to have glossaries. You can just read and work it out. I, I, I'm not, I can't, um, I can't understand, for example, Fijian, um, but, you know, I can read and work it out. <laughs> right, in the context of what is being, yes, being yeah. written and shared. Exactly. You know, it's so funny when you talk about, you know, switching, you know, code switching, right? Because it's, it's, we're living in a society now where people are like, but why? How do you do that? So naturally, you know, code switching comes natural to us. Like you said, anyone who speaks English and has another language or two other languages, it's a natural thing, you know, but we're living in an age where people are like, they have to do the research to find out exactly why we code switch and why our students code switch in a particular way and the social language that they speak and why they do that and what are they doing at home and it's like you know sometimes we don't it doesn't need research it's just it's what we do <laughs> code switching just comes naturally you know and I loved how when you jumped on when we first started this without even thinking we're like Samoan English you know for Samoa and using English English Samoan I love that <laughs> It's, 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 it makes you feel at home, right? For me, it makes yeah. me feel at home. And I feel like all of my, all of my friends actually, so most of my friends happen to be women from like Maori or Pacifica women, most of them, right? So it's so funny because I just speak Samoan to all of them indiscriminately, <laughs> like not on purpose, but that's because that's just you know, that I'm, I'm often like, I've got kids, I'm often speaking to my kids, and then I turn around and I'm speaking to my friend, and I'll just speak someone to them. Do you know what? They can pick it up. Yes. It's not that difficult because it's within a context. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not that difficult. So it's kind of, it's really funny how 
I think it's only if you're resistant to that, that yeah. you're not trying, that you won't pick up other people's, mm-hmm. you know, that you won't pick it up because you're not trying because you're already in this mindset of there's a dominant language and that's the language that everyone must use. But, you know, if my friend says something to me in a language that I don't understand, I most often get it because, you know, it's not like I understand the exact words, but I get it. I can normally, there's not just when you speak, it's not just the words. It's obviously, right. you know, your intent is kind of clear. Yes. From, from gestures. The way you your gestures, your face, <laughs> my facials especially, your tone of voice, all yes. of these things, you can pick it up and you don't yes. actually need necessarily to understand what every single word means. Oh, I love this. I love this. You know, um, the cover of the VA anthology, that beautiful artwork on the cover um, by Samoan artist Lalovai Pesitsa of Maname Art Studio. Shout out. Um, you know, I just want to shout out um, Lalovai and Nikki. Nikki also did the, um, the, the new covers for the Scarlet series for, you know, Lani her Scarlet series. So I love their work, man. They are just two amazing people. I love Maname Art Studio and the work that they put out there. And what I love even more is seeing um, you guys putting them on blast and, and having their work showcased like that. I mean, on book covers, amazing, so beautiful. Yeah, I, I just want to really speak to that because I'm, I have so much admiration for Lalovai and Nikki. Yeah. You know, um, it is hard uh, making um, making a life in Samoa as anything, you know, as anything, because, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, Samoa is an amazing country. It's got so many advantages. But at the same time, um, commercially, like if you, you know, if, in terms of money, it's sometimes hard to make money in Samoa. And to be an artist anywhere in the world is hard. So you put those two hearts together. Yes. <laughs> you put the, you know, I love art. I'm a really, I'm, I just, I love art. It's um, something that makes my life happy and I, I, I really love it. But you put these two things together and, um, and they are making it work with Manamia Art Studio um, in Samoa. And that I have so much admiration for that. But not only that, but they are also exceptional artists. Each yes. of them are exceptional artists. Um, and I, you know, I, I've traveled widely. I've, you know, I, I'm very interested in fine arts um, and I just love both of their work so much. And I think, um, and I'm really, really feel privileged um, to own some of their art or to have been able to um, uh own some of the art. But the other thing about it for me is this idea of um, art, this fine art by Samoons. And um, I commissioned a painting from Nikki actually at some point, and it was really important to me. It was a picture of myself, um, mm. a painting of myself, because um, as I said, zero modesty. <laughs> Um, so it was a picture of myself a painting of myself um but um it was really more about the concepts of actually um prioritizing the feminine and Samoan knowledge ahead of western knowledge um was what I wanted her to paint and what she captured was actually really amazing 
um, and I had really felt um, an affinity. I've never met Nikki in person, but I really was like, I want a Samoan female artist painting mm. painting me as a Samoan female because I feel that that the va between us that she will understand it, and she completely did. Um, and with Lalavai, I mean, the other thing is the incredible generosity and support. We mm. reached out. So on November the 15th, you asked me about the ideas. I think it was November 14th or 15th. Right. I can't remember the exact day. But the day we had the idea to have the anthology, we reached out that same day to Nikki, um, mm. and, Nikki and Lalavai, that day. And that the day after, they came back and said, you know, you can use the image. Um, so we reached out to them to say, look, we, you know, we really, we really want to use one of your paintings um, to, for the, for, for the cover. And they came back and that alofa um, and that spirit of artists supporting other artists is really what I think Nikki and Lalo Vai are all about. You know, it's really amazing to see they're just fully in support of and fully behind um, us immediately, and I was, mm. I'm, feel so privileged um, because, to be honest, just grab it here. Like, a, um, you know, um, a cover sells a book. Yes, it's, it's, it's the truth that a cover sells the book, and I couldn't have thought of an image more perfect um, mm. for for Va because um, this is. I mean, this image was exactly as he painted it. Um, so. Um, you know, we're just incredibly grateful because it is the artwork that mm. sells the book. And so we're so incredibly grateful that he allowed us to use it um, and that Manamia Art Studios has been kind of like fully behind us um, the whole way. Yeah, I, I did. I wanted to mention the cover. I love their work. I love their heart for the community. And I also just want to shout them out because um, they have been super supportive of my brother and his music. And we actually, uh, I met them, well, I think it was 2019, December, they had a a little show. I think it was December 2019, a show, and uh, not a show, like a little exhibition uh, in Ponsonby. So we went to support that. Uh, then we went to visit them um, and just such kind people. When my brother went to, um, Samoa in Feb 2020, just before, you know, the borders and things shut down, um, he went with Levy. They were there doing, um, you know, Alo Your Favour tour um, with the schools. And they came on board. They did a, um, a real intimate um, evening at their studio. I mean, they went hard out, you know, to support my brother and his music. And, you know, people don't have to do that. Um, but, you know, my brother has a really good, um, like, relationship with them um, for, it's been a few years now. And it's just, you know, there's not a lot of people out there who who are that, you know, that kind, that honest and trusting, you know, in terms of, like, do you know what I mean? We live in a society where people do things to get things you know, to get something back, but they're not that kind of people. So I really want, you know, when I hear you speak of them, I'm like, man, they they did that for my brother. And they, you know, I think he's just commissioned um, something for. Yeah, that was amazing. That cover, I didn't, number one, didn't know that was your brother. Amazing. Num and that that collaboration was, um, mm -hmm. and that cover and the music 
Honestly, mm. it was just like blowing my mind. I was listening to it on Spotify just the yes. other day. After I saw it on their page, like that's yeah. why I listened to it. Because I saw I mean, it as, You know, it's like, you know, as artists, um, they fully, you know, they're always, like my brother just, he loves them, you know, they support him so much. And my brother tries his best to, you know, support and find ways that he can support them back. And it's like, there are just not many genuine people out there who just do things for the love of it. Do you know what I mean? And I absolutely love the Heartful community. And I always get excited. I love sharing, you know, anytime I see they've put up a person, I'm like, got to share that, man, because there's so many people love art, but they haven't discovered Maname Art Studio. You know, they haven't discovered Maname Art Studio. So I'm like, check these, check these guys out, man. They're awesome. So, yeah. The cover of the book is absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful and perfect. Yeah, Just, I, you yeah. know, it's so funny, actually. I, I feel like what you're what you're talking to, I mean, really that thing about artists supporting artists, it's really mm. true, right? Um, it's really true, unfortunately, that there aren't, that not everybody is like that. Um, mm. But that's, that's, you know, that's what I aspire to be like. I aspire mm. to be a person who wants to, help other people and you know it's not because i'm just this nice person i think it's just helps all of us actually if mm. we all like that if we all you know out of because honestly this is what happened after he mm. gave us permission to use his image we were then able like people saw so we we then got the 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 art designed into the book cover and then i think that that helped people understand that it was real and it was certainly real for me and Lani because then we were committed because we had like okay <laughs> we've got a book cover we better get some stories for this book <laughs> so <laughs> one <laughs> oh, oh man oh you guys are just amazing um let me just get my thoughts together I'm like looking at my questions like where am I up to I just got lost in all of that that was amazing um sorry I told you that I like ramble on no no I'm totally in it man I'm just like oh, okay focus for yourself because um <laughs> I was wondering so obviously I've been loving um the posts going up in terms of you know some of the writers coming together. Um obviously a lot of you still connect via, you know, it's only online connection. Is there um like I wonder if in the future we can have some kind of symposium, something where we can celebrate women of the Moana and um stories yeah. you know? like is there any chance something like that could happen or oh completely uh, yeah completely I, I i would be really keen for that to be honest um like i said one of my best friends now in real life is somebody i met um through blogging <laughs> because we were both bloggers and we were both reading each other's writing and we were both engaging with each other's writing and writing comments about each other's writing. Um, and that's how we became friends because we're not the same age. So even though we both grew up in Samoa, um, mm. Lani was like a cool 21 year old when I was probably like not so cool 15 year old <laughs> or 14 year old. <laughs> yes, I'm younger. You can't really tell, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think, 
<laughs> but it wasn't just Lani. Um, there were a number of other bloggers at that time. Um, you know, I was in Australia. I was in I was in Sydney, and um, I really I was traveling a lot for work um, mm. from in my previous job, and I really was just missing home. You know, I was so homesick. I just, I think I literally Googled Samoa. I think I was just like Googling on, it's like in somewhere, potentially Bangladesh. And I was just like, oh, I'm just homesick. And I was just like Googling Samoa. And I came across a number of women um, who were blogging and their blogs were amazing. Um, and it were reading them was, you know, I was like laughing. I was crying. I was like, Faikakalaing. <laughs> I was like, I was like, who is this? <laughs> I want to know who is this because this at the time, most of the blogs, they didn't have people's names on them. They had, you know, other pseudonyms. And 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 so through that, I actually met a number of amazing writers um, who were blogging. Um, and honestly, their writing on the internet was a massive mealofa for me. Um, as I was overseas and missing home. Um, mm. And it, it kind of remains so because, and the deep friendships that came out of that, they remain my friends now. Um, and, uh, you know, they're people I deeply admire. Um, they're women I deeply admire because not just, um, not just for their writing, like, or like that's a good sentence, but because of their thoughts and their values. And so the way many of them write, it's just, um, really just reflects their deep, deep thinking. Um, and, you know, these are like, it's like, these are our women as philosophers, essentially. You know, these are our women putting putting their thoughts out into the world. Um, and they are, you know, and this is a way that we uh, ourselves can examine ourselves. Like, I don't mm. need, I don't need academia. No disrespect to academia, but mm. I'd rather, I'd rather read the deep thinking of um, someone, women reflecting on ourselves mm. and our lives. Oh, yes. Yes to that. No disrespect, but yes to that. <laughs> Man, you know, I, I know we've been talking a lot about, uh, we've been sharing about the anthology uh, woman of the Moana, we've been talking about Tato Publishing. I just want to talk a little bit about you. Um, I saw this video on YouTube, as you do, um, of your poem, Maunga, and it features your children, and it's a beautiful piece. I was wondering if you could speak to that because you were part, you were featured in Mana Moana Pacific Voices where, um, you know, looking at things like reducing green, like amplifying voices of the Pacific and that drive um, for global action, you know, taking global action in the Pacific. Can you speak a little bit about Maunga and, you know, how... Yeah, just speak a little bit about that piece. Yeah, um, actually, Monga was actually written um, when I was at Ihumatau. Um, so here, um, I went to some poetry that was being done um, on, uh, at Ihumatau, and I was very moved by the poetry there, and I wrote Monga. Um, actually, I wrote Monga, and I literally wrote it on my phone. <laughs> it's my very broken phone. Um, at that time, you know, mm. it took maybe 
five minutes essentially you know i was writing it as my response because that's the thing about poetry right it can be very raw and in the moment um and then not very long like like then a, 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 a little while later um one of my very close friends um asked me if i had poetry that responded to climate change and so i picked i picked a number of my poems which i felt responded to climate change and i picked maunga among them because you know, I, I really believe that if indigenous people um held our lands that we wouldn't be facing the climate change crisis that we are currently facing and i believe a way to solve the climate change uh crisis is to be thinking about how we can give land back now I say that acknowledging that I live in Aotearoa. I'm not Tangata Whenua here. Um, and, you know, I, I saw an active participant in the, in, in the issue, you know, having, um, having a mortgage like over land in, in, right. in Auckland. So I don't want to sound like holier than thou and more righteous than thou because I'm not. What, but what I think is that, you know, we really should be looking to Tangata Whenua and to, um, and to Indigenous people for the ways in which we have forever look, had a partnership relationship with the land. You know, the land is not, not just the land, partnership relationship with our climate, partnership relationship with, you know, just with all of these things which were, which to us were part of the living, our living universe. Um, and I really think that if we, part of that must be land back. Mm. You know, I was wondering about your creative process. Um, you know, you mentioned that at that time you wrote Maunga, you know, about what was happening at that time. I was wondering about your writing in general. Where do you get your inspiration from? Like, is it that you are inspired by like advocacy and activism or is it just um, moments in time depending on what's going around you you know whether it's personal or like yeah what's oh, definitely, definitely all of life so definitely activism is and advocacy is a part of my life it's you know I'm a person who I, I've never, I don't think I've ever been to a protest, been part of a protest in my entire life, mm. I'd, I'd say, because, you know, you know, I really believe, you know, mm. you know, like, you know, we, we don't like words don't decay. So I really believe in the power of, of words. Mm. And I believe in the power of, 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 of speaking truth. Um, and so for me, I think that there's, you know, activism is just a, a part of life. Um, mm. you know, it's not, it's not that I'm, you know, which is, it's not a part of, I don't see myself as an activist or either I don't see myself as an activist or I see everybody as an activist one mm. way or the other. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't mm. see myself as somebody special or different in that way because I think we should all be thinking about these things. It's part mm. of our everyday lives that affects all of us. And we should all be wanting better. And we should all be also wanting to do better because, you know, that's, that's, 
that's how life is. We should want to do better and be better. Um, and in, including, and when I say do better and be better, I don't necessarily mean um, achieving things in um, achieving, just achieving things. I think we should be thinking about what does better actually look like? Because right. in lots of cases, better might be like, actually, better is going back to the ways of our ancestors. Mm. Mm. But you asked me about me personally, and I should I should say, you know, I I, I mentioned my children before. Mm. Um, I have a, a son named for a poem and mm. a, a daughter named for like an atua. You know, so my son's name is Tingi Ilangi. My mm. daughter's name is Tanifa Tea. Um, and so um, they are, they are joy, to absolute joy to me. And I think that that's true of many parents. Um, mm. uh, but they are their joy and just strength and laughter. There's so much, so much, um, you know, kids, they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was... I, I saw how you were delivering books and, you know, who wouldn't want to take a book from those happy faces, right? <laughs> Beautiful, happy, joyful faces. I think it's, it's something along those lines is what you said, but I thought that's so cool, man. I love that. <laughs> um, you know, I just wanted to touch upon, um, you mentioned the blogging, because the way I found out about a lot of our Pacifica um writers women uh female writers is through lani's blog like I'm, I, I remember a few years ago i was always looking for like just searching online trying to find stories you know who's out there writing for us and i happened to come across her blog and she had done this piece where she listed these are these people and then did another list and i just started looking them all up buying ebooks you know because there were some where you couldn't get the physical uh books and i just thought that was so awesome and then went on instagram started looking for them on there um and there are some on there but it's you know like i feel like you know i don't, there's a bookstagram uh community you know um pacific island and a polynesian um melanesian micronesian you know bookstagram is online and i think we're all just really trying to do our part in terms of you know putting our authors our wonderful writers on blast you know like i think that's a huge part of you know i love doing that you know like if i see something new going on a book that's been released like i think anything like that where you're sharing uh because i have so many different followers like not just pacific islanders so I love that I can just put our writers on blast and then other people are interested in it who are not necessarily but Basifika, you know, or Māori. So, you know, there's we're out there. We just need yeah. to. So you know. awesome that you're doing that. And I think it's so important because, you know, I'll say, you know, Tato Publishing, we went on both Instagram and Facebook. Mm. Um, so, you know, we started this we just had our own individual money behind us when we started. Um, mm. uh, but, you know, both Facebook and Instagram are free. <laughs> and what we were trying to say, because, you know, lots of writers, they're like, oh, I'm an artist, you know, and lots of artists are like this. Oh, I'm mm. an artist. You know, I'm not going to self-promote, um, you know, because, I'm, you know, people should just find me <laughs> and love yeah. me for, right. you know, you know, some magic way, which right. doesn't in involve them doing 
what is essentially marketing. Mm. Um, but for us, we're like, actually, it's really, really important um, that there's no point in writing a story if people don't read it. And people right. aren't going to read your story if they can't find it, right? right? So it's not about your story. Your story can be the best story in the world. <laughs> but if people can't find it, they can't read it. <laughs> so it's kind of like it's it, part of um, our whole journey with Tato mm -hmm. Publishing is actually trying to show people, show our writers, like all of the writers, this is how you can do it. You know, right. just start an Instagram page. Yes. Put up some com content, which maybe because lots of writers don't have Instagram, you know. I mean, especially the older ones like me. <laughs> I barely have Instagram. <laughs> you know, I mean, lots of people don't really like mess with Facebook. You know, lots of people aren't into social media, and it's actually like actually, you know, for all of the negatives that people think social media is, there's a lot of positives, and it really has democratized mm. information and the sharing of information so that we can share, we don't have to pay to share this information with people. We can mm. just put it, as you say, we can just put it on blast. I and... have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> carry on, carry on. Right, no, but this is the thing. Um, I mean, I feel fortunate that when I was, when we were bringing out this book, we're bringing in that out and it doesn't feel like my thing. Like, I think I would probably feel ma or fakama if it was just like, oh, I'm just talking about my book. <laughs> like, look at me. I'm so awesome. <laughs> you know, I feel like I probably, I think people normally would feel like that. Whereas what we're trying to say is, yeah, I can get that because that's not our way. You know, mm. a Polyne uh, Polynesian Pacific way is not just talking about yourself all the time. So what I say to people is, okay, if that's not our thing, that's cool. It doesn't have to be our thing. What are other ways that we, mm. as a collective or as as Samoans, as, as Tongans, as, as Pacifica people, Moana people, what is a way that we can do it? And for me, that's about the collective. So I have no shame in putting putting this book on blast because this book is not about me, right? So I'm like, oh, th this is not about me. This is about the, the 37 other writers in here. This is about our stories. So, and mm. also that it, it gives us, an, you know, like we are like, now we can also have a platform to talk about other people's stories. So their books. So even mm. though if they don't want to talk about their books themselves, we'll talk about their books. You, now we have a little bit of a platform. Let us talk about their other books. It's got nothing yeah. to do with us, but we're proud of them. We're so happy that they're doing that. And not just that, you know, we're so happy to see these songs coming out of Samoa. We're so mm. happy to see, you know, all of these different like this art coming out of Samoa and, and other places in, uh, around the Moana. And it's just like, mm. we are so, this is this is a moment in time where we can say, yeah, okay, people don't want to talk about themselves. So we the collective and yes. you, you are included in this. Thank you for being part of this and <laughs> wanting to do that because that that's what we can do as a people. It's like, okay, mm. so we're ma about talking about ourselves. Okay, what about talking about other people? You yes. know, what about promoting other people? Exactly. And it's so funny that you mentioned, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm like, yes, louder for the people in the back, sister, louder for the people in the back. I'm serious. Okay. So when I have to talk about podcast stuff, I am so ma. Like my friends will like, they love promoting and for, you know, sharing episodes. Me, I'm like, I have to force myself because I'm so ma to put myself out there, even though, and I've been doing this, right? But then, you know, when I, I always think when I promote books, 
I'm doing it from the perspective of an educator. So I'm always thinking, you know, when I share BIPOC books, it's because I share them on my stories. I know I'm going to go back and I'm going to take some of those and share it with my students when I go to work, right? When we're in the classroom. Hey, look, here are some things I saw online. So that's why I reshare. When I reshare our, you know, stories of the Moana authors and writers from the Moana, I'm sharing it because... Who else is going to share it? Like, what's the point in having a Bookstagram account? Like, I love to promote books that I love to read. I promote books to do with education that I can take for my students. And I love promoting books from our writers because if we don't do it, who is going to do it? Do you know what I mean? And I have no shame. You know, I, I have had, like, even some of my Balangi friends ask, oh, I saw you promoting this book, like, could you tell me, like, they're interested. They're like, who is this writer? You know, who is this person? I saw this book. Tell me more about it. And I'm like, absolutely. Here's the link. You know, it doesn't take a lot. There are, you know, we're not just in the sports, on the sports field, on the sports field. We're not just in business. We're not, we're everywhere. And, and, and why can't we put it? Why not put it on social media? Why not? send out a tweet like it doesn't some people man they're on there like writing captions novels man novels and the caption on instagram posts they're writing novels and it's like it does that takes longer to then sharing a link than actually posting you know the VAR anthology posting one of our authors on the story and just sharing the link i mean there's no excuse you know now we can all add links on our stories absolutely no excuse i have no shame man i'm just I just love resharing it because I, I just think that's my part. Like I, I, I'm, I'm now getting a book that, wow, it's written by us, for us. I'm going to read it. But you know what? I want other people to read it too. So I'm always scouring pages, um, you know, like publishing pages, looking for is there something dropping soon? And I'm just, I'm resharing that. Like last year, like I was real intentional with podcasts when it came to the language week. So for Samoan language week, you know, I made sure this is what we were doing on the podcast. And I just took those language week opportunities to, to showcase the books that they were dropping. Like there was a Tuvaluan book, I think. There was a Kualand, there was a Tongan. And I was just like, we have to do it. Like if we don't do it, like you said, you know, some of our authors, it's just not in it's not our way to just kind of be putting yourself out there like self-promotion. So if we if, if writers are not going to do that, that's what we're there for. So I always think about it as a, like it's education. Like it's just the teacher in me. That's just how I think about it. Like who can this book reach? You know, even it doesn't have to be a Pacifica person. This could be reaching someone that has no connection to the Pacific, doesn't know anything about our stories. But you know what? They might read it and there might be something in there that moves them or resonates with them? Well, 100%. Like, you know, I'd say, like, my one of my favorite authors is Chimamanda Adichie. Mm. And I, like, you know, I love her books, you know, and and I feel like I know a lot about Nigeria from her yeah. books. And, you know, when most people think about Nigeria, I think they think about that stereotype of yeah. those bank scams. I don't. I think about Chimamanda. I'm, like, straight to Chimamanda, yeah. all positive for me. <laughs> you know, this beautiful, beautiful writer who just um, really can encapsulate just the most amazing stories. And I'm like, and I'm nothing to do with, you know, I'm not from Nigeria, but I'm like, I just love her story so much. And I'm, and I feel like, 
that's you know that's what a good story can do good stories transcend um you know transcend all sorts of fit all sorts of things including culture and mm -hmm. when and, and that doesn't mean that culture is not important it just means that you see yourself because of the skill of the writer you can see yourself in other people's culture so when i'm mm -hmm. like when i was like um <laughs> reading um uh chimamanda's book americana and i was like reading about them in the hair salon as they got their hair braided i mean you know i haven't really gotten my hair braided before maybe once or twice but mm. you know like you know i don't have the type of hair for it um uh, but it was amazing because like it was it was like i could really in the conversations i could see myself mm. in those conversations those conversations yeah. among women yeah you know that um i always laugh eh? like i i always laugh when i read um books where um black authors they write about it's always like a church scene and you know the mothers are being fake color or the mothers are wearing big hats or you know they save their best offers for sunday you know it doesn't matter what goes on during the week but on <laughs> sunday you know you're that much closer to god if you you are clean and you're so i love you know that's something because for us like it resonates right like when i read you know books by black authors and there's always that church scene i'm like yo samoan church right you know it just always like, makes me laugh right <laughs> so there are themes in there that are in in the book which are really un universal you know mm. themes about love um mm. themes about betrayal um themes there's you know um there's love there's betrayal there's um you know kind of the longing that that, that the idea of longing for something um there's kind of um childhood lost type mm. uh uh you know themes um i like the i mean i, I wrote it but with lani but i like i i like the um i like our sci-fi piece i don't know if you've read it yet but i, I really like it because what happened actually was one of our writers had sent us a piece um, which um, was um, essentially Viti in space, right? Mm. It was Fijians in space, but then it was called um, Sunset on Mars. Gina Cole had written an amazing piece called Sunset on Mars, and then um, and then she um, she actually remembered that she had actually um, already submitted that, and it had already been published elsewhere. And we were trying to do new pieces for this. Um, and so me and Lani were just joking about each other, like, what would Samoans be like? In <laughs> and we were like, you know what? Samoans would be exactly like they are right here. They'd be trying to take over everything. Because <laughs> that's who we are as a people. That's how we roll, yes. That's how we roll. We roll deep. We roll like that. Like, we, like, just, you know, we are essentially, like, very diasporic people trying yeah. to take over everything. And um, we would still have the same level of judginess. You could be oh, all the yeah. way, five million galaxies away, same level. Same level. same <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. Um, you know, the physical book is available now. Um, is it? just available in your part of the world <laughs> in New well, Zealand it's, it's available everywhere so um where the Amazon is okay <laughs> so it's on Amazon you can order a physical book from Amazon um okay. and uh I know that some people have got it in Japan as an example because okay. they have sent me photos of them <laughs> getting the physical book in Japan cool. um I know you can get the and uh, same as um so Amazon's got different outlets. So Amazon mm -hmm. Australia and Amazon the, in the US, for example, mm -hmm. they both do printed books. 
Um, so you can get it from there. We've done a print run in New Zealand because that was the easiest for us because we right. were here in Aotearoa. So we did a print run in Aotearoa. Um, and um, the books have been selling so fast, we will do a second print run shortly. So, oh, yeah, excited. Everyone listening, now you've heard it, no excuses. Like, I, I also need to get my physical physical copy, so I'm excited for that. But everyone listening, watching, you know, please support our woman of the Moana, our amazing writers. Get the book. <laughs> if not the ebook, get the book, please. Um, do you have what's next for Tato Publishing? I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like you guys are just going to surprise us again. Um, is, is <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's, that is probably true. So what we're trying, so as I said, this book is not only about the book, it's about the mm. process and it's about ensuring that people, um, that the right, that, that our work with the writers is a true partnership. And so we share all of the information about the book, like the costs, everything. Mm. Um, there's, we have full transparency about all of our processes um, in relation to the book with our writers and so um i think what we've what what we're going to do is sort of work with this book first because it's been you know so it might be you know it might be i don't know a couple more months before mm -hmm. we turn our mind to what's next in terms of what next to publish i know that lani has already because she is like a superstar writer she's already done two more books like in the interim <laughs> just <laughs> by the by and is about to bring out two more books in her Tevisaya World Series. Yes. Um, so, yeah, right? I'm like, can you just stop being so overachieving right now? <laughs> but um, those books are amazing. And so I'm really looking forward to, I've pre-ordered them myself. Mm -hmm. um, I really can't wait to read them. I think it's Earth's Embrace and Storm's Fury mm -hmm. um, that Lani is um, coming out with shortly. Um, and so she's doing that um, separate from Tato Publishing. Um, and um, we have already had some people reaching out to us, which is really amazing and exciting that people are reaching out um, because they're interested in getting published. And we're really excited about that. And thank you to all those people who have reached out. Um, it might be a few more months before we can um, turn our minds to that because we're just mm -hmm. concentrating on Bar at the moment. Man, that's so exciting. And if there are, you know, any people out there, like, you know, rich people listening, watching, and, you know, you want to get on board and support Tato Publishing, why not? I will be posting all the information in the bio. Please get in. Well, not please, just, you know, if, if your heart is for it, you know, for the movement, you know, get in touch with these wonderful, amazing women just oh, amplifying Voices of the Moana, man, that is the bomb. Um, before we go, uh, before we kind of wrap this up, I wanted to, I I wanted to just say like thank you so much. I, I've been like fangirling the whole time. Like I have, there's so many takeaways from this podcast interview. You have no idea. Like my mind is going at like million miles an hour right now and i've just got so many questions so many things i want to research after this um but thank you so much um celia thank you so much for coming on the show uh, on behalf of tato publishing um man it means a lot um and 
thank you for supporting the podcast as well. Like, man, when you told me you like you watched the episodes, I was like, oh my god, I'm like, oh my god, she watches the show. Like, what the? She she's so busy. Why is she watching or listening to the podcast? So. I'm so humbled, so grateful, and I appreciate it. I wanted to wish you and Lani uh, and just the movement, the collective, all the best, you know, as Bookstagrammers, as part of the community um, on Bookstagram. Um, I can tell you we will continue. I will continue just to put our stories on blast, put our authors on blast, because um, it's just super important. So wishing you and Lani all the best with other projects um, and plans for the rest of the year. Um, yeah, just my well, love. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Um, you know, um, you know, it's really true. Um, and so the only reason that anybody I think in this world is able to do anything is because of the support and love from others. Um, and I, you know, and that this, that support and love is not less than the doing of the thing. Um, you know, I really believe that with all my heart. Um, and so I think that that potentially is also why we're deeply Christian people, because we believe in that power of that, of that, you know, when you put out that alofa into the var, it is, it's a prayer, right? It's a deep, deep prayer for others. And that's just such a generous thing to do. And what you're doing with your podcast is so generous. Um, it's generous, um, not just, you know, because you're really, you really uplift other people um, in your, in, both in your questions and the way that you approach. Just really, I, I haven't, this time has just flown by. I'm like, what? It's finishing? Why are you rounding it up? <laughs> I was like, she, I was like, man, she needs to, my sis needs to go to sleep, man. It's only 8.30 here. She needs to go to bed. <laughs> I was like, what? I could keep on talking for hours. I have a feeling that this could be like literally a four hour, five hour conversation easy. I agree. We just like keep on riffing off each other. <laughs> given the opportunity yeah we might have to do a part two later in the year when I, i'm guessing you and lani are gonna surprise us again wink wink so we you know we can always revisit in another episode and i'm so interested to hear though from you about um if you've had a chance to read any of the stories if there was any story that particularly touched you or that you yeah. particularly related to there, I, okay, you have to correct me. There's this author that's on there in the book, uh, Rebecca. She wrote the, yeah, so Rebecca uh, Tobo Olol Hosen. Yes, so yeah. she's got a couple of pieces in there. Yeah. I have, prior to the VA anthology, I had never come across her writing before. So I really liked her, um, what was it, an arranged marriage of sorts. Nikki. Yeah, yeah family Berisi. pride oh my yeah. gosh family pride was like yeah. yeah i was just like yo that's so true man that yeah. is so true i mean yeah, yeah. It's, it's an amazing story yeah nikki's story is an amazing story it's um yeah. it's, it's really amazing and um i love her fafafinge in her story um, and I feel like her fafa thingy and her story is super real. And I can yes. imagine those conversations, right? Yeah. And that's the thing with these stories, eh? Because I was like, I didn't know, like, 
it's because I imagine them to be real. And I don't know if some of these stories are real, if they're written from experiences or stories that were told to the writers. But every story, I'm always like thinking, wow, is this real? <laughs> like, did this, did they experience this? Do they know someone that went through this experience? So those are the things that I'm thinking about as I'm reading. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting as well. I just want to say as well, though, because I really love Rebecca's writing as well. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It was amazing to me reading a new Vanuatu writer from Vanuatu who um, who lives in Vanuatu. So, I've you know, I've been to Vanuatu a few times, but, you know, I've never lived there or, you mm -hmm. know, I, you know, I've never lived there. I've worked with a lot of new Vanuatu, but I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not from new Vanuatu. I'm not from Vanuatu, but the thing that was amazing to me reading her stories is I felt such an affinity to mm. her and to her experience. Mm. I mean, I don't mean that she actually experienced them because these are just stories. Yeah. You know, but what I mean is I lived in her stories for the mm. moment of time. You know, that was such a privilege to live yeah. in her stories and to feel right. to feel that story and feel the reality of that story for that a moment in time that I'm reading it. And it really felt like, because this is the thing, right? During COVID, we're all in this amount of time. None of us can travel. We're so far from mm -hmm. home. So it's such a privilege to meet meet these women in their countries, the countries of their heart, their, their mm -hmm. countries, and to feel like exactly like, ah, oh, I know that thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know it. I know that thing. What she's mm. talking about, I understand that, you know, and I know it. It feels so familiar to me. It feels, it felt mm. like homecoming. It really did. It felt like homecoming to me to read so many of their stories. And, you know, there are some hard stories in there. Yeah, you were talking a lot about you as an educator. Do you teach secondary school? Yeah, so I teach middle and high school, so grade yeah. 6 to 12. So 6, 8, 10, and 12. Uh, 6, yeah. 8, 9, and 12. Yeah, so for me, um, I really think it's super important for children to read these types of stories, um, mm. and I mean even the hard ones, right? So mm. I don't know about you, but all through my high school, we're definitely reading all of the Harlequins and the Mills and Boons, and, you know, <laughs> this is such an idealized, idealized, right. and I'm not saying those books are bad. They're mm. idealized, you know, they've got a formula, they're idealized um, mm. love, right? Um, and they have sex in them. <laughs> and I'm like, actually, you know, it's really important for for for, for kids, and I mean teenagers, to be mm. able to read these types of books as well, to mm. understand, like, actually, you know, sometimes things work out, sometimes things don't work out, right. you know, like, um, sometimes bad things happen. Um, yeah. You know, to understand all of these things, to see these things mm -hmm. and to understand them um, in a book, in a way that is safe. Cause, and, mm -hmm. and I really think that in a way, because reading these types of things is a way that is safe without mm -hmm. actually just finding out about them because they start happening to you. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I really think it's important to read about these things because it starts conversations. Yes. And that's, you know, that's the thing with the stories that I've read so far is I'm just like, I'm like, man, we need more. We need, yeah, like we need our street. Well, our, I mean, I live here in Japan um, and I, you know, the intention is I'm always looking for writers, our books, our writers to introduce, you know, our librarian is amazing. And she's always looking for different 
story, you know, getting um, but amplifying BIPOC voices, amplifying Indigenous writers, getting it out there. Um, but I was thinking, you know, definitely, you know, as growing up in New Zealand, that these are stories that we need to read more about because there are really difficult topics and things that happen in some of these stories. And I, I felt triggered. I, I felt some kind of way, you know, I really felt like, wow, um, you know, people are writing this, you know, we need to normalize writing about these difficult issues. Um, you know, because like you said, only finding out when something happens to you is the worst way <laughs> to go, wow. you know? So, um, yeah, yeah while I, there's, go ahead. I, I, I certainly felt triggered too. I mean, um, I'm a, I, I was abused when I was four. Um, mm. And so I obviously triggered by sexual abuse. To be honest, I feel like, well, as an example, when I've talked to women, I'd say that probably nine out of 10 of them have probably experienced sexual abuse as children. And I don't just mean island women, I just mean women in general. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's a, it's a topic that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate mm. about um, talking about it because I think like is in silences that um, these things become bad. I don't feel I have anything to be ashamed of. I was four at the time. Um, but um, I was really triggered when I was reading some of the stories and not because they're not good stories, but because, the t you know, some of them dealt with sexual abuse. So I mm -hmm. I actually did an Excel spreadsheet and I highlighted every, every story that had abuse in mm. it. And there were only five out of the, I think, something like 50 pieces uh, actually um, sexual abuse, but it's still a heavy topic. So even those five pieces can be difficult to read and I understand that, but I just think it's so important. Um, there's not just abuse though. I mean, I think sex is such a taboo topic and then people are often like, oh, well, we shouldn't have sex. Right. Uh, you know, like generally, or swear words, and we have swear words yes. in our book as well. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like, actually, let's be real, because these are things that children deal with actually on mm. the daily, like people, kids hear swear words on the daily. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, like I said, kids will be reading about the idealized version of sex in books that they sneak on, even if their parents are like the most, like, conservative parents mm. ever, they'll read those books because they are able to get them at libraries and and mm -hmm. they should be able to get them at libraries. I'm all for it. Um, but mm -hmm. I'm saying, so like, let's also say, you know what? Sometimes you can be like, you know, we've got stories in here. Like sometimes you can be in a, you know, in a relationship and just doesn't work out. You know, there's right. a lot like, you know, and there's also stories where people love each other and it does work. And it's, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a snapshot of life type story. So it's yes. kind of like, you know, these these things happen um, yes. and they're part of life. And so um, let's not just leave our children in ignorance of these things. Exactly. And I think, and you know, we live in, in a society now where like kids have access to this kind of stuff, these stories online, they're reading experiences, they're seeing videos there's footage out there. So I, I feel like, you know, when I think about Va and I think about what the collective has put together, it's it's such a, an important educational resource. Um, just, I, not just for, I mean, yes, for our people, you know, yes, for our young people, but just for anyone. Cause like there, there are universal themes 
um, it just triggers us and hurts a little bit more when we know it's written by our people, you know, because like you said, there, there are a lot of issues that aren't brought to light, that are swept under the carpet, that are, you know, we don't talk about in our communities. And so we need to normalize those conversations so that the same mistakes aren't made like over and over. I'm getting like real, like, do I need to go get my bumble and do my inhaler? I'm getting like real, but do you know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm a person who I'm, I'm like always like, let's Allah me umaya. You know, mm -hmm. like I mean, you know, um, the sun has uh, healing properties. You know, let's bring mm -hmm. all of this to light. Let's not, let's not sweep anything under the fala. Let's bring it all mm -hmm. out. Let's talk about it. You know, um, and in talking about it, we heal. You know, mm -hmm. that's and that's um, you know, that talking about it and that 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 is something that again is a. Uh, um, something that we've had from our ancestors, that ability mm -hmm. to talk things through the oratory and ability to say, actually, we can talk these things through. These mm -hmm. things um, can all be um, brought out and engaged with. Um, there's a way. There's a way to talk about these things. And this is our, our, our way of talking about these, bringing these things into the conversation, is to mm -hmm. say um, that... Um, you know that 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 read these stories and take time to process them, mm. um, and I I do think like I'm like you know I I think I said at some point when I posted about this on social media, I was like you know if you want to know who I am as a person, actually read these stories, and I don't mean just my stories, I mean read all of the stories, <laughs> because because they're a real true reflection of what it's like to be. Um, a Pacifica, a Samoan woman. Um, and, you know, things like red flags, like Dahlia's story, um, mm. you know, um, that happens, you know, yes. and I, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying yeah. it is a fictional story, but that, that yeah. happens, you know, that happens all of the time. You yeah. know, people make these throwaway remarks and, yeah. you know, there's like microaggressions. And yes. it's, it's really interesting, actually. I feel so privileged to grow up in Samoa because, mm -hmm. man, you just don't get that in Samoa, like these constant microaggressions of people mm -hmm. just dropping, like just this little snarky remark in yeah. so that you know your place. Yeah, and when I was reading, like, honestly, it wasn't yesterday, maybe well, the day before when I was reading that, I was just like, yo, I'm feeling some kind of way right now. And I was, I, I was like, I really want to post right now about this. But I was like, no, I need to finish the anthology process and then review like I was just like I can't be like jumping on every every like I've got so many things highlighted I was like calm down Rosa <laughs> calm down but you know as an educator as well like you know she's an educator herself so you know as teachers I'm just like you hear you know it's not like we're just you know of course nowadays everyone talks about microaggressions but they've been around for a very long time you know like you said those snarky remarks you just want to <laughs> yeah there's kind of remarks that are like we want your uh, we want your input not really yeah. just like over yeah. here in this little box over here and we want yeah. your input in this little box over here anything outside of that box no thank you <laughs> so just again you know the collective you have all done this just the fact that this book exists you know there's going to be so much more that comes from this you know and I know you know I've been reading reviews I know people are slowly posting reviews and things and I love it because everyone who picks up this book reads it reads it online 
there's there's so many takeaways and there are so many points that will resonate with you no matter who you are but i think more so you know as as woman of the moana as some as a samoan woman myself I was just like, yo, I have a long list of things here I need to talk about. When I write about this, I have a long list of things. Podcast. I didn't know. Maybe I and I actually I did an interview this morning with another teacher, a Samoan teacher from back in um Tamaki Makoto. And we were talking and she had finished reading the anthology and she said, I said to her, you know, man, we need to do a panel because I have a whole list of things I've highlighted and I just cannot. I, I, Am I going to talk to the wall? I need to sit with people and talk about it. Like, I, so she was super keen. She's like, "Okay, sis, let me know." I was like, "I'll get back to you, sis. I'll get back to you." I'd be so interested in watching that because you know, like, it's really it is how the readers take it. So it'd be so interesting to hear from the readers and to hear, like, you know, I mean, critiques as well. Like, I I think in life we can only grow if we hear you know, critiques, like, you know, negative and positive. So mm. I'm really open to hearing, and I'm sure all of the writers are, you know, kind of where we went wrong or what things we could have done slightly better mm. or what wasn't believable or whatever, it, you know, whatever. It's like, it's all good, you know? Like, let's bring bring it all. Let's yeah. bring it all. And let, let, that's how we Now go. I'm like, pressure. Now you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now I'm like, oh, you're going to have to make this happen. <laughs> Japan in 2015 so oh. yeah so I've I've yeah it's it, honestly um six years now I've been here and time it flies man Japan is a it's a blast um I love Japan you've been here too? yeah so my parents were there till 2016 so they lived there oh. for six years um in Tokyo Ooh. that's why I was asking um, oh. And, you know, it's so funny. I didn't think that I was going to like Japan. Um, personally, I thought I was just going there to see my parents. So I was like, oh, I had these weird ideas about Japan before I went. And then when oh. I went to Japan, I was like, I love Japan. <laughs> I was like, Japan is so awesome. Next level. But part of what yeah. made it awesome was actually the Tokyonesians that I met oh, yes. there. <laughs> like, Yes. I was like, man, you know what? These are like the best people like ever. And it's yes. so true that, you know, Samoans around the world, because we're so diasporic, it, they just made me feel so at home. We were immediately talking Samoan. Yes. We were immediately joking in Samoan. We were like going, like, you know, just, it was just so much fun. And that was like, not just once, that was like several times that I went yes. to Japan because my parents were there. And, um, I just really loved it and I can completely understand what, how you've been there for six years. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I, I think when I posted about, um, you know, we all had our ebook copy of yeah. of Bar, you know, with, with my Tongan sisters, you know, these are my Tongan friends and my friend Emma, who was the first guest on the podcast, she moved to Japan, she lives like next station over. So we're always meeting, you know, we've got like some favorite places, we, our restaurants where we meet at. Obviously oh, we're cool. in London. Um, yeah, we're under state of emergency at the moment, so it's difficult to kind of get up. But, um, man, you know, we love meeting up with our Tokyo-Indonesian family. We've got our Samoan community here with the ambassador. Um, yeah, but what were your parents doing, um, like, here, like, in, in Tokyo? My dad was the ambassador for Samoa before. That's so cool. So, like, so that's why um, we kind of, like, knew a lot of the Samoan community there. Mm. So it was really cool. 
Man, what a small world. Yeah, I didn't when did I I didn't think I met the Tonga uh, the the New Zealand the Samoan community until maybe a 20 late 2016 or 2017. I actually connected with the New Zealand community first. So yeah. then joined the um the dance group and everything. <laughs> so yeah. Oh wow, man, that is yeah. Love Japan, you know, it's um it's fun. Love my job. And it's so cool that you're doing this podcast and it's like a way to reach out. Like, you know, over COVID, uh, you know, it's even more important that you, you're creating community. Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, it just, I'm not really, I, I, and I, I, I kind of alluded to it before, like I'm not really kind of put myself out there kind of person, like to be honest. And, and then like, it's, it will be a year on April 1st, but I can't believe just I'm I'm just so humbled when I think about just the different guests that have come on and shared a bit of who they are, you know, in this space, you know, from all walks of life. Like I'm so grateful um to just have met so many amazing people. A lot of them I knew, a lot of them I haven't met personally, you know, obviously with COVID and everything. Um, it's just been online, but I am grateful, you know, I, every interview, I learn something um, that tells me I need to be better, <laughs> that I need to, you know, continue to do better, continue to learn, continue to be a better educator. So if anything, I know, you know, a lot of listeners and viewers have shared their takeaways, you know, they'll send a message, this is, I love this, this is, this is why it resonated with me. But I think even for me, like every interview, I'm always like, yo, check yourself. You know, I'm always like, got to check yourself, got to do better, got to, you know, stay connected, got to be a better educator, got to read more, you know, and people recommend books and and what they're doing. And I just get super inspired by that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you asked me about some books, actually. And do you guys have this in your library yet? This is like Charlie Tangaroa. So no. I've got an 11-year-old. I've got an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old. And so I thought instead of just bringing books, which were like, you know, that I, I was like, because um, Huya is bringing out some great, mm. um, great, great books at the moment. Um, and this is by an author called um, T.K. Roxborough um, mm. and uh, a Maori author and um, really great book um, that I highly recommend for 11-year-olds. Excellent. I will look that up. Olds. Yeah. <laughs> Just as you mentioned. Yeah. Do you have any other book recommendations, like just off the top of your head? Um, yeah. So, um, look, um, not everyone likes poetry, but um, this is the one of the first books that brought me to poetry, um, which is Carlo Miller's book. And I feel yeah. like this is iconic, so everybody knows it, right? Um, and it's funny because now Carlo and I, uh, well, now she's one of my most beloved friends, um, oh. but I met her first through her writing. Um, and you can see her beautiful soul. Um, she's one of the things I like about Carlos' poetry is that it's so real. Um, and so lots of people say, I don't like poetry. And I'm like, if you don't like poetry, read Carlos' poetry. Mm. <laughs> because her poetry is not only brilliant, like poetically brilliant, but it's right. also very real. Because I yeah. think one of the reasons most people do not like poetry is because uh, they think that it's, um, they think that it's, uh, it's not very, it doesn't relate to them. So, mm -hmm. but I feel like, and you know, I've got Carlos' latest book here too, The Goddess Muscle, which is really amazing. 
Um, and another book that I personally really liked recently was this book called The Shadow King, Ooh. which is by Maza Mengiste. Um, and that was an amazing book. It's um, She's a Ethiopian writer. Um, mm. And so um, it's a wonderful book about women um, in the midst of war in, and uh, women holding up the world in the midst of war. Mm. Um, and it's really beautiful. Um, so I recommend that. Uh, apparently, I just noticed that it has a 2020 Booker Prize in it. So apparently yeah. I'm not the only person who recommends it. The Booker Prize also <laughs> There you go. I, 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 can't wait to, <laughs> I can't wait to look that book up. Um, man, that is, oh, this is, you know what's so cool is like as a writer yourself, you're just like, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to fangirl over these amazing books. I don't care. This is what's up. That's so cool. Seriously. <laughs> I've got so many. I, like I said, I feel like maybe this is true of all of us. Maybe we're all readers first. Mm. You know, we're all readers. We're all, um, you know, story is, um, give and take yes. you know like that's like so you know it's like we're all readers first i'm i fangirl so many people <laughs> writers really specifically writers and um interesting today because i was dropping off some books with my kids like you were mm. saying and then i went in um and to the bookstore and um i was able to buy some books for my children and you know what that's honestly it feels so um, abundant to me to be able to buy books for my children because it's not an option that we had in Samoa. Mm -hmm. You know, just to be able to, like, purchase a book for each of them feels like um, it just – I feel incredibly rich when I do that Like, because it just seems like, wow, I'm spending $25 on a book. You know, like, that seems like, you know, uh, like a really massive thing for me um it's like man that can be my last 25 dollars. but if i'm spending it on a book like right. literally that will be like it like no food but let's i'm gonna be buying this book <laughs> no food but let's just get these books because that's way more important i get it i get it i get it um oh man that's so funny oh i was going to ask i just remembered um you know okay so i i've said this many times i'm a huge fan of audiobooks and i but, you know, it has to be like, I don't connect with all audiobooks because sometimes it's not the author reading. You know, it's some, some random that works for Audible. No disrespect to all those cool people that do that. But anyways, so I was wondering when I think about, because the thing with me is when I, when I read, I'm always thinking about the voices that the story is being told. As I read, I'm thinking about what would this character sound like? What would this person sound like? And so I was doing the same thing as I was reading, you know, through Va. Is there any chance, and actually watching your manga video kind of really got me then super excited thinking, I wonder if there's any chance that some of these stories will be recorded? Look, I hope so. I'm a massive fan of audiobooks. <laughs> um, I love them and I love them because I also, I'm an insomniac, so it's really good to have something to listen to while mm. I don't sleep, mm. <laughs> you know, instead of, you know, so like, you know, that's, that's, I love, love audiobooks. Um, and it made a really massive difference in my life. Um, mm. I, I loved um, hearing Sir Desmond Tutu reading The Art of Forgiving. Mm. Um, that was really meaningful for me. Um, and it's something that stays with me. 
Um, yeah, so uh, I, I love them. So I hope so. Um, but that would be a huge undertaking. Um, yeah. And would be, but there's never say never, right? Because these things happen sometimes. Um, because I think it would be wonderful to hear these yeah. stories in the voices of the women who wrote them. Yes. And, you know, I have, I'm still holding on with so much hope that one day Lani is going to release some audiobooks. I talk about this all, I've mentioned it before. I'm like, I don't care how long I have to wait. I am going to wait very patiently until it can happen. But I would love her books. Um, especially the Scarlet series. That's my favorite. I'm a little bit biased. I mean, I love all her books, but especially the Scarlet series. I would just love to hear her books in audiobook. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear her books in audiobook as well. I think it would be really awesome, actually, mm. to hear, because the Psalm 1 in it would be so awesome to hear in Psalm 1. Yeah, that would be yeah. amazing. It would be really great. And it would help people. But, you know, all of those people who mispronounce our names constantly when they're not that hard. Oh, my gosh. Can you – oh, let's not even go there. How difficult is it to say Rossa? Okay. How difficult. Literally. I've been with some people for six years, and I'm like, how – you know, how do you not know how to say my name after all this time? I mean, they say it with such joy when they see me, but I'm always passing by going, <sighs> and again, you know, like, I don't know. Anyway, let me stop. But, you know, <laughs> I have a thing with people getting our names right, man. Like, come on. Exactly. So I feel like that's, that would be great. And don't worry, I'll start to pressure Lani on your behalf and my I'm behalf. I mean, she probably, I mean, I, every chance I get, I'll like, what do you fuck coming soon? I mean, I just, I just think they're amazing stories. And I think about all our readers who um, might connect better through hearing the language and just the characters. I mean, oh my God. So I just thinking about it. I'm getting super excited. Let me stop. So yeah. <laughs> And also, you're you're inspiring me to reread re the Scarlet series because I feel like I read them such a long time ago, do you know? Like, and so I feel like this is inspiring me to reread them all over again, which is awesome. I love that. I love it when you go back to books and yeah. you reread them. You know, like so before the um, you know, she did the numbers one, which just you know that was the most recent of the series. I kid you not, I read the whole series again just because I knew that book was coming. I was like, okay, I didn't care. I'm read. I just spent one weekend reading all three books again, waiting, anticipating that that book was about to drop. Like honestly, that is just, you are like the dream reader. You are the type of person if you are willing to read and reread a whole series for a new book, you're the type of person that people just want to like go please clone this person. That's that every writer wants that in their life. Do you write yourself, yeah. sir? Do I write? write? Um, are you interested in writing? I don't, you know, people have asked me, like they've come on the show and they've actually people have asked, but I don't know that I'm a writer. Now, I know people can be like, oh, everyone's a writer. But uh, I I don't know. Like, I, like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I've always wanted to, like, do picture books, kind of. 
Um, but what that would look like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, I, I, I do think everybody has stories. And mm. you tell your stories via podcasts. Mm. But I also think that, like, I also think that it's fun to write things down. And sometimes it's really therapeutic. Just saying, I'm yeah. always trying to recruit people into our group. <laughs> I mean, okay. so I mean, I do write things down. I just, in terms of, I do write things down, and I like have written like, just like songs and things like that. Like that is that I can do because I just don't think about it. I just do it because I'm just I get like I'll hear something, I get inspired. I know it's silly to say that because, you know, music is just like writing, right? It's just the same thing. But I just, I don't know, man. I just, when I read. Oh, I want to hear some of these songs. This sounds I, awesome. And also really, a song for poetry, right? So. Yeah. This, also come over to the dark side. Come to the dark side. <laughs> I just, yeah. I, you know, where, where do you start? Like I do have stuff that I just jot down and. Like I've written, I actually, you know, my favorite thing on my phone is my notes app because I just put things down, and then the voice memo, like the voice memo, because I've like recorded something on, you know, I've recorded. There was this thing that um, like I had another friend who was just like, you know, just write it down, whatever. So I wrote something, and then I was getting super like emotional about it, and then I did a voice memo, and then I was just like, wowzers. That was but intense. <laughs> I was like, where did they come from? That was super intense. Like, but yeah, I don't know. I guess if I really put my mind to it, I could probably do it. But I'm always kind of like when I read people's work and I think of all the everything that they've the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I have that in me. <laughs> do it like fun, right? Like that's what that's kind of like do it like fun. I mean, like if so, this was the whole idea behind the group in the first place like if you're meeting up with you know like you were saying like symposium mm. but not a symposium just like a getting together if you're meeting up with other people and so me I never have time like I zero have zero time for anything apart from if I make time right mm. so it so it was literally like I was saying to some people I said to some people some some of my friends I was like why don't you guys come over to my house and you have to share writing ahead of time just it can be half a page it can be a page you just have to write something new and share it <laughs> and so anyway comes to the day and I haven't written anything right like and mm. I'm like coming back on a plane and I remember I was on a plane from Wellington and I was like oh my god I'm gonna have to turn up and see these people's faces who I told to come along with some writing <laughs> I've done zero <laughs> And then I just started writing something because I needed to, just like I'm um, in class. You know how in class, mm. when you're an English teacher, you're like, okay, now it's an assignment. Now you have to write something. And the first mm. words are, it was a dark and lonely night, you know, <laughs> and then continue on, right? Mm. Just write anything. I mean, it, you know, and then you've got something and then you're sharing it with people and people are saying, oh yeah, I like this, but hey, hey these are the things I think you could do with yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's just like you've written something and it's kind of like if you judgment. want to. I'm scared of the judgment. <laughs> that's I th Actually, now that I'm listening to you, I'm like, I think that secretly that's probably what it is. Like when I'm doing something which I, it just like, I just have to hear music and I'm really moved and inspired, I just do it, right? But then I'm like, but 
that's a whole different story. I'm like, oh my God. Like, Honestly, the secret to so much in life, I feel, is to be very lekea. You know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? Like to go, okay, yes. well, you know, this might be good. I just wrote it. Oh, it might be really terrible. I literally wrote it on half an hour on the plane. So who cares? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I better not show my face without anything <laughs> <laughs> because I forced everybody else to do it. Now I better do something. You know, mm. it's kind of like what, what pressure, but also I guess if you've surrounded yourself with people who are like going to be your champions anyway, they're not going to yeah. tell you something crap is good, but... Right. But yeah. they'll, say, they'll say it in a nice way, like, right. oh, okay, I really like how you, um, you know, your character was named Rosa, <laughs> like you, <laughs> but maybe, maybe you should name her something else so that, it doesn't, so that it doesn't seem like a real story. What do you think? You know what? It's so funny. Oh, my God. It's so funny that you're mentioning this right now because I kid you not, uh, on Thursday, because we're doing um, investigative journalism for my grade seven class. And I actually said that to a student. Okay, now your name is, is there a reason why the main character, you're the journalist, you mean to separate? It's so funny you said that. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds like me. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, is she attacking me right now? She she's got some psychic things going on like, you know we're just like, vibing like that yeah, like, what how did she know i did that two days ago oh that's so funny that is hilarious <laughs> oh my gosh uh, okay you know it's so yeah now i'm just kind of like you got this you can do this I'm just saying, look, it's not everybody's thing, and I'm not saying it has to be everybody's thing. All I'm saying is that, like, um, that it's a fun thing, and it's fun to be part of the group. This is the other thing is to, like, you know, like now, because we're all locked down in our various countries, mm. it's kind of nice to have communities, and the communities mm. that we can have now are online, because that's mm. all we've got. <laughs> so it's, you know... It's it's nice to be able to build our villages, and it's it, it's lovely for me to be talking to you because I feel like I feel like I love Tokyo Nations and I love Japan, and so yes. I'm like, okay, it's like nice to have this connection, you know? Yes, building our I community. Totally, I get it. I totally get it because when you responded to that photo, and I was just like. I could just feel the joy in your post. I don't know. Maybe I was imagining it. But now when I'm listening to you, I'm like, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was me. Because uh, uh, when I went to Japan, it was totally like, I was totally like, I was working as a lawyer in Australia at the time. But when I went to Japan, I was like, how can I how can I leave Australia and go and work in Japan as a teacher for several years? Because, yeah. you know, that was just the vibe. I was like, I love this place so much. It's just yeah. so much fun. I mean, there's so People many, are so amazing. You know, there's so many... I've met people from so many different walks of life. And it's, you know, again, we have the community from, you know, Aotearoa. We have, you know, the, we've got the whanau. Then we've got our Ainga here. There's Tongan community and Fijian community. I mean, it's just amazing the, the people that you meet and I think a lot of times people think you're either a teacher or um you know a ART or you're a, a play a rugby player you know people kind of like label you and box you in like that but there's so many amazing people here just you know ripping their families from afar ripping their villages you know doing their mahi and just 
it's it's so it's cool man like i i get inspired you know i've like it just happens it's my some of my good friends are tongan you know tongan strong tongan uh woman and i they inspire me and they will give me the reality check like you know when i'm i'm, I'm always like oh i didn't know if it's gonna work oh my god i didn't know it's the pod you know with the podcast you know always with doubt you know about you know why this you know how this is going but they always give me the reality check and you know just uplifting and encouraging and if i'm you know that they'll, they'll, they'll tell me the truth and i love that you know they'll just be like okay okay this is what's up so it's yeah tokyo nisians hashtag tokyo nisians man amazing amazing uh group of you know just fam yeah <laughs> i i love i love tongan women um as well mm. like um i don't know people talk about a beef between tongans and Samoans, but i don't believe right. it because you know some of my best friends are tongan as well mm -hmm. um and um actually we're all the same people <laughs> <laughs> i like i like to tell all of my friends from any other island including Aotearoa, I'm like, oh, you guys are the people that we kicked out of Samoa. Yeah. Those are cousins, like we kicked you out. And then, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, so, you know, we're all, um, we're all like same, same. And I just love, mm. I really have taken so much strength in my life mm. from, um, from women of the Moana, which is why this book is so great for me is that, you know, I was having a hard time last year. Last year was not a good year for me. Um, I was really having like one of the worst times of my life. And um, and to be able to draw on the strength of, 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 of sisterhood and of women has been a really amazing thing for me personally. Oh, yes, right here, right in the fatu. Right there. That's what's up, man. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just laughing eh, because I think like 20 minutes ago, I did the whole like, say, my lullaby, my losses. And then, and then somehow we just, we just carried on. So like, now that I realize it's like nearly one o'clock in New Zealand, I would like to say that, man, we could seriously, we could go for five hours, to be honest. But before you go, I'm very mindful that you, you have kids, you know, you've, you've got to get up and have your family time. I want to say, oh, my gosh, we could totally go for five hours. But before you go, <laughs> final words, final, final words. This is this. And this is not goodbye. You know, I know we're going to we're going to definitely connect again and and put you guys on blast. That's all publishing. But final uh, words of wisdom, more gems, encouragement just for budding writers, you know, anyone out there who's looking to like connect with a group or. Yeah, what I'd say is find your people, you know, like find your people and surround yourself with um, people who want you to, to succeed and be the type of person who wants other people to succeed. Um, because there's so many people who are very about themselves succeeding, yeah. but not about other people succeeding. Mm. But be the type of person who is happy and joyous for when you see others succeed, help to hold them up and mm. say, you know, there's enough room for all of us. Don't believe the narrative that we are sold, that there's only a tiny sliver of the pie that's for us and we have to fight over it. 
be the type of people to say, actually, I'm not going to believe in that. And I'm going to say there's enough room for all of us. I'm going to grow that pie. And I'm going to grow that pie for everybody, not for myself, for everybody. Be that type of person because that way, whether or not your writing gets published, but I'm sure it will, you will have created a better world, you know, and imagine yourself into existence, you know, like, you know, write, write yourself. Don't try to write like anybody else. Just write yourself um, because actually we want to read you, you know, we want to read who you are in your, in your writing. And no matter what that is, no matter if that's crime fiction or science fiction or any genre, just write yourself, be honest. Um, Cause that's what connects with people and readers at the end of the day is, you know, what's really in your heart. Um, and if you, if you come from that place and from that place of generosity, I don't think that you'll ever regret it. Think that you'll find success in life um, in both writing and life which are intertwined.